Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Matthew chapter 24, verse 5 says, For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deliver many and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. And how many of you believe that we've seen a lot of these come to pass already, if not all of them? I believe that we are literally looking at something right now that we're experiencing in our life. And so all these, all these are the beginning of great sorrow. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I... I have felt such deep sorrow recently for the churches in Asia and those around the world that are being persecuted, even among our, our Jewish families that, whose synagogues were being attacked. And my, big, my prayer this year has been, God, protect our churches, protect every believer. Because around the world, it may not be happening in our region, but I'm going to tell you it's happening around the world. Christians are giving their lives. So this portion of scripture is making sense, really, really good sense to some people around the world. So we are blessed here, and we're so thankful for your blessings, God, and protection. And, 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 and really, it's a matter of just being united. And, and so he said, for my sake, this is going to happen. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And, and because of lawfulness, because it will abound and the love of many will grow cold. That's why. People have asked me many times, what is the reason for problems and why do people do what they do? This is really one of the answers right here. The love of many grow cold. That means that people have just fallen out of love. You know, like in marriage, marriage, I don't believe, I don't believe that people fall out of love. I believe they fall out of forgiveness. But he said it right here, and this would happen. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And, and this is what I want to read you. Here's what I read all of that for, this, this right here. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to, everyone say with me, all the nations. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. So I want to talk to you, God's grace and God's help. And I want to help you and encourage you and strengthen you and commission you and help us understand one thing. He came for every nation. He came for every nation. I want you to look around and I want you to see that we are all different. No one one looks alike unless you have a twin here today. But the truth is... The reason why we are different and the reason why God called you 
into this church, no matter what your nationality is, is because God is doing the miraculous. God is doing something that hasn't been done in all the years, moving through the civil rights movements, moving through, through the integration of, of, you know, what's happening with our nation. Our, our nation is made up of, uh, at least in South Texas, we have majority of Latinos that, that are here in, and even in this city. I think it's 60%. Maybe it's risen. But we're not here to really commemorate the day of Cinco de Mayo, which was really the day that uh, the Mexican army, they took over and they had victory over the French. We're here to talk about and take an opportunity to, to use this day to focus on one thing that God's kingdom is in this world. And I don't really identify myself with a certain culture except one. That's the culture of God's kingdom. Even more than being an American, I'm so glad and thankful for the United States of America. I pray, I don't, and, and you may disagree with me, but I have prayed and prayed and prayed for our president as we all should. Even the ones I didn't vote for but I pray for every one of them because this nation, we love it. But more than loving America, I love the kingdom of God. And it's my desire, and I hope it's yours, to understand this. No matter where you live, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what nationality or culture you're from, God's commissioned you to reach out to every single person, every person. We are called to be a light in the world. We're called to be a lighthouse. We're called to be hope. And not only did he save you, but he wants to see you help save others. Would you make that your prayer right now? Would you pray that the Lord would just bless this service? Just one more time, you speak it. You speak it today. Speak these words like this, something like this. Lord, bless this service. God, bless this moment. God, prepare our hearts prepare our minds. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, dear God, for everything that you're going to deposit into our spirit. We pray today that you would, God, just give us nuggets of wisdom, understanding, and give us insight and love and joy and peace. All your goodness in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Can you turn around to somebody before you're seated and tell them buenos nachos, I mean buenos tardes? I, buenos, I wouldn't say buenos noches because it's not nighttime. You can be seated today. God bless you. <sighs> so good to be here. Thank you for coming. Muchos gracias. I mean, muchos gracias. I'm glad that you... Um, chose to be, and I'm sure all of our staff and all of our church family, to all of our first-time guests that are here today, God bless you all. Let's give our first-time guests a round of applause and welcome them. The Apostle Paul, he wasn't one of the 12, but his road to Damascus experience really rocked his world. He wasn't with them as they went through every city in, re in the region. But he had an experience and God began to speak to him. Jesus, that encounter he had with Jesus, was one that caused him to have a change of heart and be open. Now, God changed his heart, but he was open for change. 
he had been one strong religious politician. If you look at the Apostle Paul, he was well-educated. He was very smart, but he was also so involved where even the church knew that this is the one that persecuted us. It was the irony of his life was is that he had placed people, loved ones to the people he was fixing to minister to in prison prior to him visiting them. He would be preaching to grandchildren and children whose parents and grandparents he put in jail and had killed. And then he has this radical experience. And instead of staying the course to his traditions, because we really all have traditions in our life, don't we? All of us have traditions, whether they be um, something your grandmother passed to you in a certain cooking style, maybe a business that was passed to you from your father, or uh, a certain way we do things and a certain way we do life. But religion is a major, major part of being traditional. Um, religion is just one of them things where I was born this and I'm going to die this. And no one's going to change me. Well, that's true. No one can change you, but God can. God can change you. I was raised under a certain denomination for 19 years of my life. But I had a road to Damascus experience. Uh, here's the question. How many of you have had a road to Damascus experience in your life where where the, the, the light of God's word just shined into your hearts and, and it opened your mind and caused you to realize that there is more to God than religion. There is more to God than just what you can see with your eyes or experience on a weekend. God's love has no boundaries and God will open up your eyes and that's what happened to the Apostle Paul. And so the Apostle Paul had, had so many things to consider and when he met finally after, think, 14 years or so of being, being isolated and having a relationship with God and, and finally meeting the rest of the apostles, uh, Peter and them, when he came with, with, with Barnabas and he, and he was meeting with the apostles, he, he, they all recognized that, wait a minute, they compared notes. Read the scripture. They, they were, were believing the same thing. They believed it. He had the same revelation, same understanding. And it was amazing what God can do. And, and so they both came from the Jewish nation. They both were Jews, Israelites, according to the flesh. But when God brought them together, they had completely changed. And the sense of following after Christ was the biggest red flag you could have back in their day. You mean being a follower of a carpenter's son and, 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 and what they would call, you know, nothing good that could have come out of Nazareth. A derelict, someone who was living in heresy, somebody who believed that a man like this couldn't be proven after only three years or, well, he was longer prepared for his ministry, longer than three years. It was really 33 years, but only three years of ministry his preparation was 30 years. His ministry was three, but the most effective three ministries that anyone could ever have. For what it's worth, never despite longevity because preparation is everything. In those three years, he turned the world upside down. And his message 
and his life is still affecting us here today. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? We are all following a Jew, a Jewish man. We are all believers, no matter what background you've come from. We are all following and living like Israelites now. If you study the culture very closely, every single one of us are living like this. And most of you didn't even know really what the culture is, and, but you have found yourself just kind of something tugging your heart that causes you to want to surrender, to want to commit, to want to become consistent in your life. And that's the Spirit of God. And, and Jesus said it, that the Spirit would teach us all things. And this consistency, this power, this, this thing that we experience today is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. We know the story. We understand the, the, the radical changes in salvation that came to the apostles and the disciples. And, and God, God's people, who weren't called to be a people. I'm speaking of the Gentiles. God first came to the Jew, and then he came to the Gentile. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20 says, this is the Apostle Paul, when I was with the Jews, I have lived like the Jew, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who were under the law. That was his mindset. He believed this so much that he tolerated some religion every once in a while when he came across certain people that he could have a way of influence into their life. One of the biggest uh, I'm going to say the biggest judgments, judgment calls in Christianity in the church today, in religious churches, is, is this. Just because someone doesn't worship like you or believe just like you, we cancel them out and don't call them brothers or sisters. The Apostle Paul, I know that's hard, but, but listen to me before you stole me. Listen. The Apostle Paul said he tolerated this. Because his whole intent was to win them to Jesus Christ. So he said this, I did this so I can bring to Christ those who were under the law. When, when I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ also. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can do to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. So there are so many different denominations in the world and people that are in this region. Let's just speak of region. 
that may not worship like you do. They may not believe like you do. You may them not like this church service today because somebody didn't lose hairpins. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You may not have liked the service today possibly because people were just too wild for you. They lifted their hands, and how could they? I mean, it happens. I don't think we're very wild, but I've heard people say before, I don't like going to that church. They're just too wild. Maybe they're talking about me. I don't know. I don't, maybe I look too wild. But what I am saying to you is that I think we're going to be shocked. I think that our egotistical perception of us being the only ones that can make it to heaven is going to shock us when we get there to find out that there are all kinds of cultures, all kinds of races. Now, I believe that Jesus is the way, the only way. I believe he's the way, the truth, and the life, except through him we can't be saved. I believe he is the way. If you believe that, say amen. amen. But God looks past religion. He looks into churches and sees people that are hungry. If you feel Jesus or the spirit of Christ, the anointing in a church, it's because there's hungry hearts there, and God has every one of them on a journey. God has every single one of us on a journey. If you were in a denominal church, and if you were there, and it may have been dry, but you were hungry, you may feel God based on your hunger to a certain extent, and you want more, God will lead you and guide you into all truth. And the truth is not what you read in your book more than it is a person that you worship. Jesus said, I am the truth. Truth is a person, and that person in Christ spoke expounded, taught, influenced, and he influenced the world to follow after him. And he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. In other words, you're going to know me after a while. I don't look like I should be. I probably don't compare to the religious high priest that you see. I don't have all the pomp. I don't have the special uh, ritual robes. I don't have the gold. I don't have the incense. I don't have the temple. I'm just a lowly servant who came into this world as a pauper. But don't look on the outward because God sees the heart. He was the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created all things. So even Jesus came into this world and defied religion and said, this is what love really looks like. Jesus was trying to become all things to all men. That's where the Apostle Paul got it from. He didn't get it from his own personality or his own perspective. It was the love of God inside of him that drove him, that said, I must be tolerant of certain things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying be tolerant to sin or a certain lifestyle. And you don't have to be mean to defy something. A no goes a long ways. But I'm referring to the fact that Jesus died for everyone, so we should love everyone, because you and I at one time were unlovable. Are there any unlovable people that are here today that God just loves you every day? You wake up, you feel his presence, you feel the goodness of God in your life, and there's just something to be said about that experience. I think it's amazing. I shouldn't be up here. 
My father came here in the late 70s as a businessman. My father was an entrepreneur. I come from a line of entrepreneurs, and, and, and I come out of a, 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 of, a, of a family who owned a nightclub in town. My father built the biggest dance hall in this city. I shouldn't be here. I'm the son of a nightclub owner who was religious. And I'm pastoring a church? Only God. Only God. I wasn't educated for this. I was educated as an I&E technician. I was an instrumentation technician. But only God. I was the wildest one in my family. Maybe my sister. I'm, my sister pretty. Maybe my sister. I'm not quite sure. Well, I am sure. I'm, but I promise you, if you talk to my brothers, if you can talk to all of them, or if my mama was still alive and you can ask her, I gave her H-E double hockey stick big time. <laughs> Trying to be respectful. I, I gave her so much problems. I moved out of my house at the age of 17. I moved out of town. I did finish high school. I graduated. I did go to college and had some education. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, from all the stats and the history and the track record, I shouldn't be here. But one day, one day, a bright light shone and it shined in my path. One day, God moved on my heart, opened my eyes, and I said, whatever it takes, I'm going to follow that light. Now, am I relatable to anybody right now? Am I being relatable? Can you relate to me? Because I've just said maybe some of your story. Don't know where you came from. Don't know your beginnings. Maybe you are part of a generation that were believers. Maybe your grandmother, your dad, your mom, or, or, or your grandfather, whoever it was, maybe they were believers. Maybe they weren't. Maybe you're first generation like I am. I'm the first pastor in my family. I'm the first pastor in my family. And I am continuing my education. And I believe in continued education. But above all that you can learn and all that you can become and all that you can do, God still doesn't look at that. He looks on the heart. He looks on the heart. And God doesn't see color. God sees spirit. So you have a story. I have a story. Acts chapter 10, you'll also find the apostle Peter. The apostle Peter received a revelation about the church he received an understanding when he was there in prayer in that 10th chapter in the book of Acts. God gave him a vision. And in that vision, he saw different unclean animals. And those unclean animals represented the Gentile nation. Do a little study. It was unclean. Gentiles, you and I, if you weren't Jewish, I have Jewish blood in me, according to Ancestry.com. I was so happy to see that 5%. I was like, yes. <laughs> I didn't bought a little black hat. And <laughs> but the apostle Peter was praying. He had this vision. All these animals came down that were unclean. And God spoke to him and said, take and eat. And Peter said, no, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. And, and the Lord spoke to him in that prayer moment, 
and said, don't call unclean that which I had cleansed. See, what God was doing to, the, to Peter, he was doing something simultaneously also to, while God was doing something to Peter, he was also doing something simultaneously for Cornelius, who wasn't a Jew, who was the first Gentile, the first person outside of the Jewish race that God was going to reach out to and save and fill with his spirit and radically change their lives. So long story short, when I believe Peter represented the body of Christ and he told him to eat the unclean animals, for those of you who want to understand a little bit of the, what I feel like the prophecy was, I believe the vision pertained to this that God was fixing to bring the Gentile nation into the body of Christ because Peter was the body, and he asked them to eat it, eat those animals. didn't make sense, but he was speaking to Peter in his own language, and spiritually speaking, he was fixing to tell, he was telling him, I'm fixing to bring into the body the Gentile nation. Consume it. Receive it. And he went and preached to them, and he went to his house, and when he preached to them, it was probably one of the greatest revivals, one of the greatest moments in the book of Acts concerning the birth of the church as well. It was something, a momentous moment, and this is what happened. After all of that occurred, the apostle Peter said this. He said in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. I see so clearly now, God shows no favoritism. And by the way, I don't believe God has favorites, but I do believe that God favors his people. Does that make sense? In other words, he doesn't love your neighbor more than he loves you. He doesn't love you more than he loves your neighbor. He has no favorites we he is he loves every single one of us but as a people he loves his people more than he does anything else and anyone else in this world concerning his blessings concerning his promises he interacts with us because we interact with him there's no other people like god's people because god's people surrender god's people follow despite the problems that they face god's people wake up every day and say as for me and my house we're gonna serve the lord god's people every day they always say, no matter what, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Am I talking to anybody here today? Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about concerning the tenacity that we have and the love and affection? See, this is what makes us different. Because whoever is forgiven much, what? Loves much. And we have been forgiven. And there is no one better than us. If God could save us, then God can save anyone else. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if I'm up here and God did this for me and for me and through me, I know God can do it through you, through your children. There's no respect a person to God. God has a ministry for everybody. It may not look the same, but we all have a purpose in this world. We are all called to make a difference in our world. You are born with a purpose. 
Your platform may not be like this right here. Your platform may be your business. Your platform may be your position at work. Your platform is wherever you have influence in your life. You may not win a thousand people, but if you can just take one with you, I'm going to tell you something. One is better than none. We're called to make a difference in the world. We are called to make a difference. And we will have had disagreements on who's worthy, who's not, and that's religion. This is what we come against today. First of all, let me say this. I, I, am, I am so glad that Covenant Life Center is a multicultural church. I, I don't believe. Now, I understand. I understand that really the barriers lie in languages sometimes. And we are working on that. We tried, and we're going to continue to work on that so people, no matter what nationality they are, can come to this church, and we can have interpreters that can put on headphones or whatever we need to do to reach out to every, we want to reach out to every nation. But I am so glad in our hearts we're not fixed on becoming a brown church just because I'm brown. Am I brown? I'm brown. <laughs> Did you know this church was multicultural before it started? <laughs> Come here, sweetheart. This girl was country before I'm going to tell you, she's a country girl. Before, I was going to say before country was cool. If you're going to use an illustration, I'm a brown grocery bag. She's a white one. But we still hold groceries. We, we, we understand because of our different culture, differences, different skin colors, it was nothing that we really noticed in the beginning, but our parents did. Now, my family loved her. They're like, a white girl. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. They didn't do that. I want to try gumbo. You know, there. I remember the first time, I'm going to have a little fun. Remember the first time my wife made gumbo, my family came over, thought it was menudo, and then they didn't want it. I heard someone say, oh, this is so, excuse me, it's so fancy. What they didn't know is that gumbo was a white person, menudo, but anyhow, different recipes, it's Cajun, it's their French background, right? So I thought it was so funny. My family was so excited, but here's the truth. Her family wasn't. And it was very awkward. Her daddy looked at me and had a few choice words. Am I right? It was no. But after a while, I want to tell you something. What won me over to him later on in our life, because before he passed away, he gave his life to the Lord. He loved my children and loved me. And when they swam at the house and went outside and played, they were as dark as noonday. <laughs> but he embraced them and loved them and embraced me. But it wasn't because of something that I did. It was because of something God did in my life. 
Go ahead, sweetheart. Help your mama. There, there is something as delegation. There, there is something. There is something to this experience that can change the thoughts and the lives of every person. There is something about this experience that brings all of us together and causes us to embrace our cultural differences. This is what is God. This is what the church is supposed to be like. If you want to know what the church is supposed to be like, I, do you think for one moment that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a black section, a brown section, a white section, an Asian section? Do you think for one moment that there's going to be segregation there? No. When you get to heaven, right now, let me just simply tell you the reason why God gave us the kingdom in our hearts right now is because we're supposed to reflect exactly what the heaven we're going to is supposed to look like. It's supposed to look like this. It's supposed to be made up of Jamaicans. Any Jamaicans in the house? It's supposed to be made up of Nigerians. It's supposed to be made up of Puerto Ricans. Any Puerto Ricans in the house? And it's Latinos, white, any hillbillies? No? I just thought that was funny. I'm not trying to pick on you. There goes my message. It is God who created all people. And the apostle Paul and Peter had their differences over this thing because you and I could, I'm going to tell you, in religion, we could almost become prejudiced ourselves. That's what we need to talk about right now is that Christians can become prejudiced also. Christians can look at other people and say, they don't believe like me, so I'm not going to acknowledge them. I'm not going to be a, 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 a nice to them. I'm going to shun them because I don't want to get dirty. Wait a minute. My prayer is that God would love through us so much and use this church. I, I want to smell some, some, some people that come through the doors that, with addictions because that tells me that they want change in their life. You understand? I'm trying to be discreet, but I'm trying to tell you that churches weren't meant just to be clean physically. Listen, churches were meant to be dirty physically but clean spiritually. Not everybody's going to be like you, and not everybody's going to drive the same car, live in the same house either, because we can also be prejudiced by economics. We can also be prejudiced by careers. We can be prejudiced in so many ways. You know that even Latinos can be prejudiced if the person doesn't speak Spanish. Oh, that's me. I'll tell you right now, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a coconut. I understand. I lost my daddy when I was six years old. My daddy was the one who taught my brother Spanish and taught them how to converse and do all of that. And I didn't have that, but all of my friends, they didn't speak Spanish. All of my best friends spoke English, man. Even the brown ones. But I'll run into people sometimes from, 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 from our heritage, 
And hablas inglés, habla español? No. Ay, ¿por qué no? What's the matter? Are you too good? No, I'm American. Never. <laughs> I'm Latin. I love Latino culture, though. I can joke. I can make you think I believe I can speak Spanish. I'll make you believe I can speak Spanish. I know every word that I need to know to get by, and I can understand it. But what I'm trying to convey to you is the most important culture I want to embrace is the kingdom of God. Yeah. Let me help you. The most important thing for you to do is embrace the kingdom of God. In that kingdom, there is only one cultural ideology. The atmosphere of the kingdom of God is love. The attitude of the kingdom of God is faith. The compass in that culture and the direction of the map is the word of God. Love is the key. Real quickly, Galatians chapter 2. Listen to this. You don't think for one moment the apostles didn't argue. They argued. They had their differences. Listen to this. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews, who also worked through me as an apostle to the Gentiles. He's speaking of something here that he experienced. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, they were pillars, recognized the gift of God had been given, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-worker. So they encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work to the Jews. And there, their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. Wow. In other words, I didn't agree with him. Now, I'm not encouraging you to argue. I'm not encouraging you to go rebuke somebody, but these were spiritual leaders of the early church. And listen to what the, the problem was. He said... I opposed him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result... Other Jewish Christians follow Peter's hypocrisy. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. He was upset because the apostle Paul was mature enough. And he told us through the scriptures in Corinthians, when I'm with the Jewish people, I still do Jewish things. When I'm with the Gentile, I still am tolerant of certain things. Not all things, just certain things. Why? Because we are trying to bring people together who have different backgrounds, people together who don't really believe like we believe because the, object in, the objection is this, that God is forming one body made up of different believers to one place. 
until we all come together and realize, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't care what I like. I'm going to comply for the sake of winning somebody to God. It's just tolerance. Not the tolerance of sin or, or lifestyle, but the tolerance of beliefs, possibly in the sense of, I'm going to say, you ready? Are you ready? I want you to turn to your neighbor, just really, just kind of a little, little introduction here, a little precursor. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, put your seatbelts on right now. Put your seatbelts on. I don't like that church because they speak in tongues. Or I don't like that church because they don't speak in tongues. Oh, I changed it on you. See, we got two, two different forms of beliefs here. I don't like that church because they don't let us take our tambourines. I love that church because I can take my tambourines and uh, it's the only way you worship. I don't like that church because they don't have an accordion. How many Latinos wanted to clean the chairs when you started hearing that? You, did. Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. When I hear mariachi music, I want to cry. I don't know why. <laughs> when my wife hears country music and old, old, not, not new country music, that new stuff, I, just, I, I don't understand. Okay? I'm just being honest with you. Different style, but the old stuff, her mind goes back to her daddy. And that old, sh and that old station wagon. And that girl starts singing country with a twang. Pastor Don's got a twang. And believe it or not, I'm black R&B. I love some black music. But it's kind of funny how different we are, yet we love each other so much. Isn't it a miracle that you're sitting with people in this building that don't have the same culture as you do, or same thoughts or or ideas that you've got, but yet you call them brother, yet you call them sister? Isn't it amazing that some of us, all of us live in different neighborhoods around the city, but yet we come together in the same house here today? That's what a church should look like. A church should have rich. A church should have poor. But let me encourage you on the poor part. One of these days, this church is going to help people so much, we're going to fight against poverty. And I think we're trying to do that right now. Because I don't believe just for what it's worth, I do not believe it's God's will for you to live a impoverished lifestyle and be poor and barely getting by. I believe that God wants to bless you so much that he wants you to be a blessing also. I didn't say blab it, grab it. I didn't say everybody, God's going to give you a Lamborghini. I said that God will bless you enough. Maybe you can give somebody else a ride to church sometimes, no matter what the car is. As far as I'm concerned, the best kind of car is a paid-off car. Hallelujah. 
don't know what that was, but <laughs> I'm getting old. I lost my moves. But sinning among us, it's cultural differences in different people, and that's the way God meant it to be. Point number one, the only point we're giving you, and this is where I'm coming to a close, is number one, I want you to remember this today. Love reaches out to everyone. Love reaches out to everyone. I don't believe it's a coincidence that when Jesus gave his life on the cross, he did it with open arms. I don't believe it was coincidence that it was a cross rather than a post. It was a cross, open arms. It's amazing how we can all change after being forgiven. The truth is, is that God can do it for you. If he can do it for you, he can do it for anybody. The day when you and I as Christians take off the blinders is the day that we are going to change the world. The day that we stop separating people and looking at people and judging people and trying to figure out who's qualified, who's not qualified, is the day that God is going to use you and the gifts are going to flow out of you and the compassion of God is going to be in you and you're going to change your world. This is what the apostles had to learn. This is why Paul had to talk to Peter and be so rough with him in the sense of disagreement is because Paul understood God came to save the world, not just a group of people. God came to save the world, not just a certain color of people. Churches, I'm, just, just bear with me, but churches need to be multicultural with every skin color under the roof for the sake of just doing what God's called us to do. I realize that Covenant Life Center has people in it that came from Baptist backgrounds, Catholic backgrounds, Pentecostal backgrounds, Lutheran backgrounds, Presbyterian backgrounds, Protestant backgrounds, whatever it is. I recognize that. But this is also what I recognize. During the duration of time since every one of you have been here, you have all gleaned and learned something and experienced something. Now we are getting rid of the religious boundaries, and God is making one people, and you're getting revelation, understanding. You're, you're learning to know what it is to worship God and grow in the spirit. And this is why we encourage everybody, make yourself at home and worship God here. If you want to raise your hands, then raise your hands if that's what you're accustomed to. If you want to cry, it's okay. You can cry here and no one is going to judge you. No one's going to make fun of you. No one's going to look at you strangely. The house of God was meant to be a place where the hurting come, where those that are needing deliverance come where those that need to lay their burdens down come the church needs to be open the church needs to be acceptable the church needs to be more tolerant of people the church should be a place where it's it's loved where people are loved that's what i want to convey to you today is that we have to accept it no i didn't bring an accordion player here but you're good dude and I know to God be all the glory, right? I understand. But God gave you a talent, man, and you're, you're blessed. And I'm so happy you came to, to worship with this EP. But I didn't bring him today because we're trying to launch a Spanish work. I felt God tell me, bring in someone 
to make the church really comfortable and uncomfortable and do changes and make some changes to get you out, to get the church out of the comfort zone and realize that God can use anybody and God can say, and God wants to save everybody. Let me say that again. God can use anybody and God wants to save everybody. I believe with all of my heart that the purpose of the church is for the church to not see religion, to not look at culture, to not look at skin. But this is what I believe. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him, speaking of Saul and speaking of the brothers. This portion of Scripture is re referencing when David was picked out and chosen by God to be the next king. He was fixing to be anointed. For I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. I've walked into churches sometimes and I've walked in the way I am not to be defiant but I've walked in and I've seen people do this oh God bless you so good to have you so what do you do for a living or what do you do for a living oh you're a doctor oh oh my brother, I have a brother of mine. He's so funny. My brother got tired of people asking him what he did for a living and being judged by his, by his, by his living or career. So he went out. <laughs> True story. My brother owns a marketing company. He owns another marketing company. He does signs and prints and all that in San Antonio. And he does, has a very, I believe it's a very successful business. But he, he does well. But he got tired of people judging him by his career what he does so he went and he made because he had the ability he had the resources he went and made a business card and on that business card it says it's a picture of an elephant and it says I buy and sell elephants and he kept them with him every time he went to a social event and when somebody asked him what he do for a living he handed him the card and they didn't know what to do they don't know what to say Get on my family, man. My family's just different. I don't want to look at you. And, now, I'll ask, what do you do out of curiosity sometimes? I think we all will. So don't, don't misunderstand me because at this point, somebody's going to say, well, don't ask them what they do because you're a pastor. That, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't judge them and be political and think you can have gain from them just by what they do or how much they make for a living or where they live or what they drive. Look at everybody. Treat them all respectfully and look at them and love them and be no judge of person. Be a judge of character if you have to. But look at everyone, rich or poor, no matter what it is, no matter who they are, no matter what their last name is, you got to realize the church was meant to love. And Jesus said, by this all men will know you're my disciples because you have love one for another.
Jesus thought it was so important that every person be saved that he gave his life for it. I want you to look at this saying here. I conclude with this saying. And this is from Martin Luther King Jr. No one really knows why they're alive until they know what they would die for. No one really knows why they're alive until they know what they would really die for. The question is, would you die for this faith? Would you say, I give my life for it? That's great. But you know what God really wants to hear you say? You know what? I won't only die for it. I'll live for it. I'll live for it. I don't want to be known when I'm a, I don't want to be known as a person that, that, that you know what he's against. I don't, I don't want to be known by what I'm, I'm against. I want to be known by what I'm for. And what I'm for is God saving every person, loving every person, because he died for every person. Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. Here's our prayer for today. Our prayer is this, is that God will give us eyes of faith and love and that we would go out and start reaching out to every nation, every person, every culture, every individual, and that the culture of this church would reflect the culture of the kingdom, and that is this, that we love everyone, that we're friendly to everyone who comes to those doors, that we make every guest feel welcome because we feel and they feel the love of God, and we want to be interested in them as a person, not what they do for a living, not what they dress like, not what they're wearing, but we can hug everybody, even if their cologne doesn't smell like our cologne, or their perfume, or they even have perfume. So I want to be honest with you. I'm glad you came today. I'm glad you came. But when I look at you, I'm not looking at what you're wearing. I can care less of what you're wearing. I'm looking through your eyes to see your soul. I want to see what you have in your heart. That's what matters to me because I believe that's what God looks for. God looks for what's in your heart. So, so make this your prayer. God, give me your heart. Let's win souls. Let's go out there and reach everyone. Let's start seeing God use us. Let's pack out this church in this location where we have to go to three services if possible. I'm telling you, God wants to do it. But we can't be picky. Some of you are in such an influential place that there are people that are following you because they respect you. That is a platform God gave you. That is your pulpit God gave you. And you need to preach from that pulpit by loving people, giving hope, give them encouragement, and not be ashamed to tell them where you go to church. Hey, 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 I've heard people say this before. I've heard people say this before. I just heard it, I just heard it recently. Someone told me they heard a, 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 a person that used to come to church here say, oh, I'm going to go back when they move into a better building. But <laughs> that was funny. I wasn't expecting the awe. Thank you. Hold on a second. Come here. One more time, baby. Come here. You sexy thing. Come here. I call her my brick house. Anyhow. Mm. Anyhow, you know how I knew she loved me? I was the, this was the first girl I brought to my mama. I didn't introduce any of the other um, girls. 
I didn't introduce anyone else to my mama. This was the one. You want to know why? Even before, when I met her, I didn't have a fancy car or truck. I had an old Chevy stepside. It wasn't a new stepside. It was a farm truck. The windows were cracked. I don't know how. I know how I passed inspection, but anyhow. Southside. But anyhow, there. There, there, there was nothing appealing about who I was. That old truck had some old farm tires. It had three gears and one low gear. It was rusty. It wasn't fancy, anything fancy. That's why I tell my kids, I tell them, hey, it's, it, the clothes don't make you, you make the clothes. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. Your care, if you're a person of character, you're, and whether no matter what you look like, if you have confidence and faith in who you are, you're, that's attractive. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. When she met me, and the reason I'm saying this, because there were other guys that were better looking than me, had better looking cars than I had, and she was, she was, I think she was the most popular girl in our in our high school. A lot of people loved her. She's um, she'll say no, but everyone knew Don Kirk. And my friend said, how in the world did you start dating her? I know where you live. You don't have a nice car. This, this girl saw the heart of a young guy who cared possibly. I don't know what you saw, but you saw something. I'm just glad you saw it. I think she was anointed before she ever got saved. I think God put some goggles on her, but that's great. I'm happy it happened. I know she loved me because everything I had physically on the outside, I didn't have very many clothes. She saw something else. And I knew there's something special about this girl. I took her to mama. You see, People are going to love you for who you are. And people are going to love us for not where we're at, but what we're going to become. So to all those that are waiting for the next location, you're missing it because now's the time to be part of something big that's going to happen in this city. And don't feel bad if someone looks at you and they're prejudiced or they're, they look at you and judge you based on an outward appearance or, or what you have or what you don't have. Because the people that God have for you and has for you in your life are going to see you for who you are in your heart. They're going to see you for what God has done in your life. And those are the people that God sent for you. But here's the, here's the flip side to that. You may not be liked by everyone, you may not be loved by everyone, but God's called you to love everybody. And that's the word today. God's called us to love everyone and reach out to everyone and do something about it. I pray today that your heart is changed. I pray today that your perspective is shifted. I pray today that you will step out of your cultural boundaries and start to make yourself versatile and start realizing that God has more inside of you to reach out to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. 
Everyone needs to reach out to someone and change a life and watch God do a work. Would you make that your prayer today and say, God, use me? Can you lift up your hands with your heart and say, God, use me today? Use me today. Use me tomorrow. Change my heart. Change my mind. Let's pray one for another. Let's pray one for another right now. Let's pray one for another right now. Lord Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters. Hold hands with the person standing next to you if it's appropriate. And say, Lord, use us. God, open our eyes. Father, give me a loving spirit. Lord, you came for every nation. You said go out. Lord, we don't know when the end is, but you said, Father, a lot of it has to do with the gospel being preached to every nation. So, Lord, we want you to come. We want you to make a difference, but we want to make a difference in our world right now. And we pray, Father, let the love of God inside of us grow. Let the anointing of God inside of us expound. Let the love of God abound in us and let our eyes be open and let us look at every person, not as a race, not as a politician or political stance, but that we will look at every person as a human being and that we would say to ourselves, that is my brother and sister in whom Christ died for. So Lord, give us that perspective today. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody say, I receive it right now. Come on, if you receive it, give God some praise right now. Right now, just tell him, Lord, I love you. I love you, God. I love you, God. Now let's bow our heads together and make this altar call. The altar is where you find it. We don't believe that you have to come to the front every single time because we believe the Holy Ghost isn't bound by an altar or a certain part of the building. But the Spirit of God can go to where you're standing right now. And if you're in this building and you've not given your life to Jesus and said yes to the Lord to take that first step, that first step of repentance that says, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to all pray with you. And this is the chance for you to surrender your life and say, Lord, I want it to start today. So as we all bow our heads and close our eyes, pray with us in your own prayer. We're going to help you. Let's pray together. Will you all repeat after me and pray with me? Lord Jesus, I believe you came and died for me and rose again for me. All power is given to you. It's what the Bible says. So forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my failures. Forgive me for messing up. I believe that your power is able to change me. So Lord, be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.